0: Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke.
1: And today I'm Farmer Annie.
0: You're Farmer Annie Warmke. And today we're going to talk about women in agriculture, or I can bring home the bacon. <laughs> <Do
1: you remember? laughs>
0: that was like Please. the most
1: condescending Please. commercial.
0: I don't even remember what it was about. Except it's a
1: real song.
0: I know, Well, okay. Well, it's still condescending. It
1: was a very popular BS song. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So, so anyway, so what basically what we're talking about is that women, I mean, it's not a new thing. Women have been in agriculture since. um, Okay.
1: But I just want to say it's new to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. (laughs) Well, there's a
0: lot of things new to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, like organics and like nutrition. No, it's not. That's not new. The
1: nutrition part, maybe. But, uh but here's the thing. So up until 2017, women were not even able to be counted in the United States Department of Agriculture census unless they were the only person on the farm. There was only one slot for a name of who managed the farm. And a lot of women don't think of themselves as farmers, uh, even though they're doing farming, because they have a fella and he's running the tractor and that's apparently what farming means to an awful lot of people but so today I am going to be the farmer the woman farmer and I want to talk a little bit about you know what what that means to be a woman farmer and then I want to spend a little bit of time talking about some of the grant money that's out there for specifically women which are considered underserved by the USDA and other groups and uh, we definitely are that So, But the real advantage and the real plus here to investing in women in farming is we farm on smaller pieces of land, we produce more food, and- um, uh,
0: You're better at it.
1: Yeah, we're better at it because what (laughs) they showed is if we had the same access to productive resources as men, we increase yields on farms by 20 to 30 percent. And we also work together, which is a shocker, um, and help each other. And I can talk about some uh, programs, some mentoring programs and things like that, that really help women to connect. And, and my career as a farmer um, has been in also working to connect women together. So. And, and
0: men are basically hunter-gatherers, which is why we have drive-through windows, because uh, we're gathering
1: <laughs> gathering. I don't know.
0: Something. Who That's knows? funny. <laughs> uh, <okay>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face when you said, Just keep it up. I, I don't care. You stretch. can trash. You can trash all right. males all, all right, you want. All right. Well, you're tell me, male.
0: tell me the statistics. Uh, okay. Tell me the statistics so, about women in farming.
1: Well, in general, uh, in the world, 564 million work in agriculture. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of our work is unpaid um, because we grow food in gardens and sell food that way. In some areas, women make up a majority of the agricultural workers, such as in South Asia and the subterranean Africa. 60% of all working women are in agriculture there, which is amazing if you think about it, and and not in a good kind of way in agriculture. Um, they are subjected to all kinds of insects and uh, Just really harsh working conditions.
0: Well, being a farmer, regardless, is pretty hard work. I mean, in in almost any situation. That's
1: true. And, And when we think about what a farmer looks like, we see that picture that's up above the dairy section in the grocery store of the guy with his little straw hat on sitting on a John Deere or a Farmall tractor. And there's a cute red barn behind him. And that is not farming life. And it hasn't been farming life for a very long time. So, so just going back to the 2017 census by the USDA, and think about it, that's quite a while ago, um, and so we don't have current statistics yet, but it re- revealed that 36% of U.S. farmers are women. And fifty 56% of all farms have at least one female decision maker. And so what they did with that information is they got all excited and they said, oh, look at this. There's an increase in women going into agriculture. And that is, that is true that there is an increase, but not at the level that they were stating. Um, suddenly, we've been discovered. And we are not no longer uh, invisible. And that's that's not true. Well, it
0: seems to me that if 56% of the farms have women in a decision-making role, then 56% of the farms or the farmers are women.
1: Well, OK, you can argue with statistics <laughs> all you want. But so we're just going to talk briefly about some of this. So women farmers are the most heavily engaged in day-to-day farming and ranch decisions, including record keeping and financial management. And that's a lot of what women do on the farm, um, one of their jobs. So uh, the other thing that's interesting is that 43% of agriculture labor force in developing countries are women, ranging from 20% in Latin America to 50% in Eastern Asia and sub saharan Sahara, Africa. And and the thing that's interesting, if you think about that and sort of play it out a little bit, is that a lot of those people that are migrating into Europe uh, or into the U.S. or Canada because of the conditions in their country are farm people. They are not urban people per se. Yes, many, many urban people. So they're coming and they don't have any way to make a living, but they have farming skills. And um, and we need them. We definitely need them. But that's another show. So a lot of the problems, too, is that for women, uh, the statistics don't capture our unpaid work. So, you know, we care for our kids. We are the maids. We are the uh, and I'm generalizing, of course. We are the cooks and the bottle washers, and we also then are farmers, and maybe we even have an off-site, um, an off-farm job as well. So often, when I talk to women, it's unbelievable how many hours in the day um, that they carve out to just sleep, because uh, they're working all the time. So across America, it says that 1.2 million, uh, female agriculture producers in 2019 worked on farms. So that's a, that's a really, uh, big statistic, but I think what we need to do is to kind of think about what it means if women had a much stronger voice, um, in, in agriculture. And so one of the things that women, uh, Uh, we find that women need in the work that I do is confidence building. And that comes mainly from um, achieving, achieving things, uh, successful achieving things. And, uh, and also in um, uh, learning new skills. So a lot of times we don't have a lot of these basic skills like carpentry, electrical, welding, uh, just some simple, uh, skills in that, and once we work with women and help them develop some of these skills, even as simple as backing up a trailer, we see a change in how they see their work. And also, I think the other challenge is that um, in if you want to be a farmer, and again, we're talking about women in agriculture, so it isn't just the farmer, but it's also all the other jobs that come with that, in marketing and grain sales and things. Um, if you want to make a living at being a farmer on your land or someone else's land, you have to have a lot more skill sets and you have to have the ability to do marketing and amazing skill sets.
0: <laughs> well, I th- I think we see that a lot with people who come here um, to Blue Rock Station. And they have this uh, sort of an idealized division of what it's like to get back to the land and be a homesteader, not necessarily a agribusiness type, but they they don't really realize that it it's a business. It's a business first. You've got... You've got bookkeeping. You've got governmental regulations you've got to adhere to. You've got marketing. You've you have got, buildings. You've got employee um, issues, and um, you know how to how to communicate properly. Well, and the if skill sets are if phenomenal. you're going out to farmers markets, you've got retail experiences and cash management, and you know there's it's it's huge. It's a yeah. it's a huge business.
1: Well, just, just in looking at, you know, having a business plan, a basic business plan that you can follow that helps you measure if you've earned a living or not and where you're earning money and where you're not and looking at cash flow. And so there's a lot to this, um, to, to making a living. But the goal has to be to make a living because uh, if we don't figure out how to do that, then what happens is is the businesses of agriculture just get bigger and bigger and bigger because they think that's the solution, more land, raising more crops, instead of saying, all right, how can we do well with what we're already doing? Can we increase our production on small plots Um do we move indoors for you know season extension but looking at all the possibilities and that's a big thing that i see with women is they are amenable and agreeable to looking at all the resources and saying what can i do with everything that i have control over in terms of resources so it isn't just about um the cash flow it's it's about um you know how they market how they communicate um, how they promote their uh, their brand in different ways, how they involve their families—it's a whole different way of doing things overall. So some of the struggles that that I see in in mentoring women and um, and doing consulting with women in agriculture uh, start with their families. So sometimes there's a lot of um, conflict because maybe it's a family-owned business that's been around for a while and uh it's a unique idea that a woman's going to run it or there's a lot of issues and not good communication among the other family members so then there are disputes Um, the other part of that family piece is women are still managing children and uh and so there are safety issues you know if you're going out to the field or you're in the barn uh you're around heavy equipment you know what how do those children get managed how do they uh, not end up, you know, with missing fingers and, or being eaten by a pig, or I don't think children have been eaten by pigs, but it is possible. And, um, and so there are a lot of challenges for women that are unique to, to females that are, you know, more traditional in their thinking. And, um, and oftentimes if they have partners, uh, husbands or wives or whatever, um, those people are working off farm because they can't pay the taxes or they aren't making a living. Um, so there are many, many struggles. And, and the biggest struggle, as you pointed out, is that you have to have a lot of skill sets. And if you aren't good at some of those skill sets, you're going to have to buy those skill sets and that costs money. And it's true. You can barter and trade services. You know, you can, trade meat for hay, uh, you know, all kinds of things that you can do. So, so there are some um, groups out there and there are some um, opportunities out there for, that are specific to women as underserved people in the population. So one of the things in Ohio um, that Carrie Starr and I did was start a group called Women Grow Ohio. And uh, what we wanted to do was to bring women together. And so we did farm tours and we did um, uh, farm fairs with women uh, managed or owned agriculture businesses. And uh, we went on tours so women could share how they were doing their work and how they managed their business. And this was really, really a useful format. And so I would encourage Uh, women to organize each other in their region or even in their um, county or especially in an urban area and do that kind of thing because it really uh, bumps up the energy and you learn what are those women's strengths and maybe I need some help with accounting or I need some help with project management or any number of things and that woman is really good at that. Or I'm going to steal her ideas. Uh, the highest form of flattery is imitation. Um, and I'm going to try that too. It's not a competition. There's plenty of people out there that want to buy your products. It's just you have to t- tell them why they should buy your product.
0: Okay. Well, let me interrupt you here for a second, Annie, and, and let everyone know that you are listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jane and Annie Warmke, reminding <laughs> you it is indeed the end of the world as we know it.
1: Boy, isn't that the truth. And thank God.
0: Thank God. So, you know, when it strikes me when you talk about agriculture, agriculture is a lot of stuff. I mean, that's a pretty broad net and goes all the way from these mega factory farms to, to somebody growing something in their backyard and selling it on a roadside stand uh, to, to um,
1: livestock. And uh, well, also working in all the businesses that are associated, uh,
0: agritourism and um, well, you might
1: be selling grain. You might be selling feed. You might be a vet uh, that does, you know, uh, farm animals. There's, there's a huge array. I mean, it covers the gambit. There's,
0: do you know if you've got any statistics where women. Are dominating within one sector of this? Did the did the uh, USDA break that down at all? As to
1: they do break it down, but it's hard to understand. Um, I will. <laughs> well, say, this
0: is a government report. You're I know. not supposed no, to I actually understand it. No, I will say under it.
1: Obama's administration, we had a fantastic website for women, and they had these uh, webinars that were. I, I don't usually praise the government, and anybody who listens to this knows that. But it was really great. And then when Trump came in, the day he came in, they took the website down and what came in his place was like 1955 or something kind of thing online. And so we haven't done well. They made
0: it great again.
1: Yeah. Okay. Great again. (laughs) And so, and this one, the, the, um all the statistical stuff is just really hard to follow. I, they they had under Obama keep I'm sorry to keep saying that but they had these individual fact sheets for each state and it was like all spelled out it was so easy and you could print it out and hand it to anybody and they would be able to understand it so no I don't I, I think that we are primarily if we were to say what sector it would be growing vegetables and and produce um, because. That, you know, women, women are givers of life. It, it, and I'm generalizing that, of course, but it is, it is what we've been taught to do. And so growing, starting seeds, growing food, selling food to people, um, is, a it, you know, I think that's the strongest sector ever
0: Ever since Eve harvested some apples, right?
1: Okay. <laughs> Next topic.
0: I, give me a shovel. You're, I'm going to dig deeper you, and Yes, deeper.
1: you are. And that's mm-hmm. okay. It's cute. Um, <laughs> Uh another topic that we often talk about with um uh when when we're talking about how do we um you know work towards making a living is um internship programs and mentoring programs because this is a great way to help particularly younger people who may want to get into some part of agriculture as a livelihood. And it's a way it's a way for them to know, oh yeah, I don't ever want to do that again because I don't want to, you know, pick vegetables or dig vegetables or uh, you know, live the life of what a lots of um immigrants do. Uh that they don't like it. But on the other hand. No, it's people, hard work. It is super hard work. It's hard on your body. You get stung by things, bit by things. It's the sun is uh, unbearable. So anyway, internship programs can be a great opportunity for learning the lifestyle of agriculture. So it's much more than just saying, how do I plant cantaloupes and harvest them, but the whole lifestyle of it. And, um, and we have, uh, an internship program for, uh, uh, young people to come and spend time and live with us. Well, you made learn. it sound
0: great. <laughs>
1: well, we don't pick. We we might pick some vegetables, but we grow food for ourselves, and so we do work in a garden, and we do have food forest that we're building, and so there is hard work with that. But we do a lot of other skill sets that are needed in in farm life or in general around carpentry and things like that, where you learn some basic skills. So internships are out there. Um, the, uh, if you check with, uh, groups like, uh, a farm association or, or
0: or woof, right? Uh, well, woofers,
1: um, that's not really an internship, but, um, yeah, WWOOF, uh, worldwide opportunities on organic farms. And, um, and you can sign up with them. So, uh, so there are groups out there and there are, um, also, um, Uh, farm unions that exist in most states uh, that may be a good contact for that. And then certainly groups like Women, Food, and Agriculture, which we call WFAN. Um, They uh, have a mentoring program, a really great mentoring program, where they um, actually pay the mentor and pay what they call the mentee. So you would make a little bit of money while you're learning. Uh, And that's a variety of ways that you link up with other women um, who are in agriculture. And, um, and then there are other local programs um, through groups like rural action and you would have similar things in uh, other States uh, where they have the whole farm project where you can sign up and you do an eight week or 10 week training and I know WFAN's getting ready to do um, a year-long training. So there are all kinds of ways to connect if you need the real great, uh, the, the infrastructure information and how to do it and how to put it together for your own business. Are
0: these geared specifically to women?
1: Uh, WFAN is specific to, to women uh, or women identified as women and, um, um, the whole farm project is for anybody, but it is a, an awful, he- it's heavy on women being involved. And then there are groups like uh, the group that Carrie and I started, Buffalo Gals Voices, that are out there that are telling the stories of women. Um, and that seems to be a really great asset is hearing I- I- how women are w- how they're maneuvering and and succeeding in the world of agriculture. Now, we used to have those opportunities because we came from families uh, with, uh, you know, generations of experience in agriculture. But today, a great deal, a a large percentage of people going into agriculture don't have any kind of farming experience or they don't have any family that um, are there to sort of, you know, mentor them or engage them. Um, and so these storytelling projects that we do through Buffalo Gals Voices are, are fascinating. For example, we interviewed um, a woman in Denver, Colorado, in a suburb, and she was an engineer and she wanted to be a farmer. And she's a young woman just starting out, got married out of college. And so they were trying to figure out what to do because land was so expensive and really not accessible so they bought a rental property that had a big yard next to um the college where they went to school in for engineering because the the uh, spouse was an engineer too and the lease noted that a certain amount of the footage of the footprint of the yard, the backyard would be used for their garden. And eventually they had several rented properties that were in this uh, area. So they didn't have very far to drive and they were able to create some niche products, some uh, produce. They had uh, restaurants that bought from them and they were able both to leave their jobs as engineers and, uh, and make a living. By using backyards of their rental properties. And of course, they were very savvy. They were able to take advantage of uh, depreciation and tax incentives um, and and upkeep. And so a lot of expenses um, that could be written off for their taxes. And taxes are a big deal in the world of agriculture and might be the only way you make money sometimes. So so that was fascinating. Another woman um, had a relationship with a hospital, I think she'd done marketing or something for them. And as she got older, she wanted to farm and they had a lot of land around the hospital. And so they gave her for her use, uh, I think it was five acres of land, which would be a lot of land to try to uh, grow a garden in the first couple of years. But she uh, actually did till that land and grow vegetables in the five acres. And she sold a lot of the vegetables back. They had like a fresh food day or something every, uh, like every Tuesday in the hospital, and they would buy the vegetables back from her. And then she sold the rest of the vegetables in a roadside stand that was there at the hospital. So this was the, this is the kind of innovation that we're seeing with women who are trying to figure out how do I manage children? How do I um, have a life? And that's the other piece of this is self-care. Uh, when you're trying to do, you know, five jobs at once, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that, uh, it's kind of hard to figure out where do I care for myself uh, within that mix. So um, there's, you know, there's that challenge. So for the rest of the time we have, I I wanted to talk about um, some way, some funding that's out there, uh, specific
0: show me the money
1: show you the money all Mm -hmm. right that was that's your first good comment today there you go no sexism in that so all right so um the usda has uh, uh understands that women are underserved and they also have other folks that are underserved um and um and so they have direct farm ownership down payment loans uh so women who receive the loan only have to pay 5% of the purchase price of the farm and the USDA will f- finance 45% uh, to a maximum amount of $300,000. So there's that. There's also um, value added producer grants from rural development, which is a, a, a part of the USDA and the grants, uh, uh, can uh, the grant person, the recipient can receive $75,000 uh, if they applied to the planning grant for a planning grant and up to $250,000 for working capital what, grant. What do
0: they consider value added?
1: Value added would be, uh, so if you grew raspberries and you're going to sell them at uh, the farmer's market or on a stand or wherever, but then you would take some of that and you would make jam with it. And you would sell that, so you're going to so make that. It's not just
0: commodity. You're doing something with the produce other than just saying, "Here it is." Yeah, no, it's going it to be
1: more than one way to make the money. Gotcha. Okay. So, so that's a, that's a simplified version of that. Um, and so, um, you can talk to USDA business program specialists, and and it's tr- I suggest strongly that you contact your local uh, business. Uh, USDA office. Uh, generally, that's going to be called the Farm Service Agency and also the um, Natural Resource Conservation Service. Both of those services are available. And um, we've had other programs I encourage you to listen to around the nat- uh, Natural Conservation uh, Natural Resource Conservation Service, because they have lots of grants that can benefit women um women aren't given a priority there but those grants are really great for fencing and water into you know all kinds of management things that you you couldn't afford on your own but they will help you with that so women and minorities in science technology engineering engineering and mathematics fields um, there's a, a program called wams w-a-m-s the National Institute of Food and Agriculture, and it's a cost share grant for up to $300,000 that supports research into projects that increase the consumption of healthy food and economic viabilities of um, small-scale farms. So it encourages women and underrepresented minorities in rural areas in order to build a more diverse workforce of agriculture science scientists and educators. So, but the reason that that's important is because there are people like us who are doing research and are about to embark on some research. Um, so we might say, oh, let's go after some of that money. Um, and you can find that group, whams, at grants.gov. Uh, Blue Ridge Women in Agriculture. Um, that's another group that you can look at. SARE grants, that's a part of the USDA. They um, have grants that they give and also Young Farmer Grant Programs. FACT, which is Food Animal Concerns Trust, um, is a great supporter of not just women, but in general, and the Vermont Farm Women's Mm -hmm. Fund. And, And there are more. I encourage you to go online and look up uh, all the programs that are out there that can support women in their uh, quest to make a living.
0: Okay, great. Well, you are listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine" with Jan Annie Warmke, Jan Annie the Farmer Warmke. Uh, we want to thank our Emmy Award winning producer, Adam Rich, and we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is?
1: Uh, clean up your own mess. And eat your veggies, Jim.
0: And play nice with each other and apply for a grant. Okay, till next time. Bye bye.